This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hello, it's Mark here and welcome to the Clonmel Podcast. We're on episode 117. Would you believe that for this Friday, the 20th of January? Thank you for tuning in once again this week. Hope you had a good old week. I know that we had snow and ice. What was going on with the weather this week? Hope you got through that okay as well. Congratulations to Ryan Thomas Jewelers here in town who were one of the national winners of the Your Business Build Your Skills competition. That's a great achievement, well done. Local band The Cedar Towns, who we love here on the podcast, announced this week they'll drop their first single, Let the Water Run, on January the 27th. You can pre-order it now and get more on their social media pages. Parts of the town were also without water again, we found out, due to a burst water main. I'm sure the icy weather didn't help with that either. We got the sad news this week that Argos are to close all its stores in Ireland, including the one here in town at the Showgrounds Shopping Centre. That is some really devastating news because, I don't know about you, I loved Argos and would shop there quite a lot. A big well done to the volunteers from not only here in Clonmel and surrounding areas, but also Waterford, who drove out a huge convoy of aid to the Ukraine. You'd be glad to hear they are now back safe and sound. We also found out during the week that initial work on the skate park at the Sports Hub will get underway in April. And if you're hoping for a bus service like we all are here in Clonmel, it was due to start this month, the temporary bus service, but it's now been put back until March. We'll keep you updated here on the Clonmel Podcast if we hear any more. So what is coming up this week on the Clonmel Podcast? Well, I chat to Derpa Drummy on writing, performing and her late father, Mirish. Andrew Stokes tells us about the Community Safety Awareness Day coming to Moyle Rovers. A dance competition comes to Fozzies and Panto at the White Memorial Theatre. Oh no, there's not. Oh yes, there is. All this and more on the way. The Clumbell Podcast. But first, the Community Safety Awareness Day is coming to Moyle Rovers very soon, and I met up with Andrew Stokes to find out more. Andrew Stokes from the Which Way Now crew. Welcome to the Clumbell Podcast. Thank you very much. How are you? Tell us about the Community Safety Awareness Day. Uh, yes, on the 29th of January, and uh, two Sundays' time, uh, we're holding in the Moyle Rovers um, GA grounds at uh, Munro on the, out the Feathered Road um, a Community Safety Awareness Day, as, and we're holding that as a fundraiser for Down Syndrome Tipperary and to make a big noise and encourage people to come out for Sarah's Cycle, uh, Charity Cycle. Uh, on the 26th of February. Um, it'll be four, five weeks' time, plenty of time to get fit and get out there. So the idea is people take out their bicycles, bring them to the Moyle Rovers ground, yeah? yeah? And they get stamped, is that right? Yeah, the system we're using, um, it's been in operation a number of years all around the country, and it's proven very, very effective for um, th- uh, a weapon against theft and robbery. Uh, we put the person's air code onto their property, whether it be bicycle, uh, drill, welder, TV, whatever you'd like. Um, if that property then is stolen, it you have some chance of getting it back. At the moment, only 4% of what Angarda Siakana recover in Ireland ever makes it back to the rightful owner. Uh, it's just huge. So, Andrew, when the bike is stamped, and let's just say your bicycle gets stolen and the guards come across it, what happens then? Uh, the guardie can simply type in the air code that they see on the bicycle or property, lawnmower, whatever it is, um, 
type that into Google or whatever they like, and it'll come up with the address of the person. And I gather the air code will be in a conspicuous place, will it, on the bicycle? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, uh, it can be rubbed off, but again, that'll be a sign that it has been stolen. Um, we also a uh, number of um, people have purchased GPS trackers, and we'll have somebody there on the twenty ninth of February or of January. Uh, selling these trackers uh, that can be put in they have a year-long battery um, so a lot of the property in the area in uh, Power San Lizrona is uh, fully GPS trackable and several different marks can be on the bike um, so it'd be very difficult to remove all of them. Okay here's a question for you might be a spanner in the works what happens if you sell on your bike? Yeah, good question. Um, if you are selling your bike and you're still in this, the, the area here or there are several of these machines around the country and or Property Marking Ireland, uh, they're nationwide. Uh, you can bring your property back to them and they'll X out your air code. And if you wish, the new owner can have theirs put on immediately. Uh, other than that, if you just simply keep the person who's buying your property, keep their name and address. If the guardie ever contact you as the owner, you can pass on that information. It's a great idea. It's fantastic. Uh, James O'Neill from Property Marking Ireland. He's been working on this for a number of years up and down the country. He's set up a good few communities, in particular in Cavan Monaghan and in Cork, and where those communities have done it in, with a very good saturation in their area, they have reduced crime to zero. So while people come out with their bicycles, can they bring other goods as well, or is it mainly just bicycles? We're asking people from uh, outside the area on the day uh, just to bring your bicycles if you're part of a club, uh, come out with your club. We'll get to you as quickly as we can, get through all your bicycles. Um, there's a lot more going on on the day as well. We've been very lucky with the RSA. They're going to come down with their interactive shuttle wagon, uh, which is a big articulated vehicle. And in that, you can go in and drive a car, a motorbike, a bicycle on the road in sort of a VR situation. Um, this weekend, I'm picking up 10 VR goggles uh, from the Gardaí in Cork. They're kindly letting us have those for the weekend. And same with that, it's an interactive situation on the road. Uh, a number of other organisations and charities are joining us there um, to help support a Down Syndrome fundraiser. How do people make a donation when they arrive? Dig deep and mm. throw it in the bucket. So buckets will be on display? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Um, and all, all the money is going to Down Syndrome Tipperary. Uh, they have an incredible house in Thurlis, uh, a metal house where the families of Down Syndrome uh, can go and the kids have a fantastic time learning to dance. To sp they have speech therapy. Uh, they can play for the day. And it's all done by voluntary contribution. All right. So again, it's on Sunday, the 29th of January. And it's on from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Moyle Rovers. It's, um, yeah, let's uh, stamp out bike theft. Andrew Stokes, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. And by the way, if you'd like to organise a similar event or fundraiser in your area, you can call Andrew on this number, 089 double four five six two zero four where their volunteers can help with marking or training and use of the machines is also free now i see the free newspaper the premier newspaper is out today let's have a little look shall we
On the front page, they cover the sad passing of former TD Carrie Atchison. You can read all about that. Also, you can read up on the farm families and businesses who made that convoy out to Ukraine. You've got the full story of photographs there. There's also a nice little ad on the Community Safety Awareness Day that Andrew was just speaking about a few moments ago. A nice story, too, about the civic reception for the Franciscan Friars. Something about going for a paper, isn't there? There really is. Plus, there's farming news. The Premier flashback with Joe Kenny goes back to 1999. And, of course, an update on sport with the Premier Sports section. So it's free, it's out now, and you can read the digital edition online. Just search the Premier newspaper. I'll have a proper read-through this after the podcast, actually. Now, I mentioned sport with the Premier newspaper there. Well, how about some rugby this weekend and supporting our local team? The Clonmore Rugby Club take on Bruff from Limerick tomorrow, Saturday at Ardgear. Kickoff there is at 2.30pm. And from rugby, we go to darts. The 5th Tommy Lonigan Memorial Cup will be held on Saturday, the 11th of February at Fozzie's Bar here in town. There'll be a cup and shield on the night. All gets underway at 6.30pm and you must be registered to play by 6pm. Entry free is a mere €10. Euros. Ladies and under 16s are fiver. Get more details, by the way, by contacting Paddy O'Donoghue on 086 101 Now, here's a real treat for you. Canadian duo Choir, Choir, Choir are coming to the Old St Mary's Church on Saturday, the 18th of March, on their Irish and UK tour. This is set to be a fantastic interactive evening where you and your friends can become stars. Tickets are 20 euros and available from Eventbrite and we hope to speak to Choir, Choir, Choir on the podcast to find out more very soon. Medium Amory Slavin is holding a day of mediumship. Awaken your gifts. This course will develop and open up your psychic and mediumship powers. It's on at the gorgeous Emaru at Goten Bridge on Saturday, January the 28th. Check out Amory's social media pages for more. The Clonmel Triathlon Club are having an open evening on Thursday, the 26th of January at 7pm. So why not just pop along and see what it's all about and maybe join up? Panto is coming to the White Memorial Theatre in early February. St Mary's Call Society presents Sleeping Beauty. Tickets are 15 euros and go on sale tomorrow. Check out their social media pages for more. That's St Mary's Choral Society. The Tipperary Involvement Centre is located at a place for you at 25 Gladstone Street here in town. And should you fancy dropping in for a chat, they're open Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 11am to 1pm with their Friends Peer Support Group on the first Friday of every month from 11am to 1pm. The Clonmore Repair Cafe is coming to the Arts Centre in Nelson Street on Saturday the 28th of January from 11.30am to 1.30pm. There'll be diagnostics and advice and easy repairs carried out too, so that's well worth popping along to. I might see you down there myself. Yoga is coming to the Colony Community Hall starting every Thursday from the 26th of January for five weeks. It's on between 6 and 7pm and the price is €50. And the great news about this, it's suitable for beginners. Get more details by calling Rebecca on 086 870 Five seven five six or email fourmountainsyoga at gmail.com. We mentioned this last week about American wrestling coming to the Talbot Hotel. How cool is this? It's on Sunday, February the 12th. Price is 10 euros from hotel reception with doors opening at 2.30 and the grappling gets underway at 3 p.m. Enjoy that if you're going.
Bingo continues at Hillview Sports Club this coming Monday, the 23rd of January, with a jackpot prize standing at a grand. Prize money is €2,000. Doors open at 7pm with eyes down at 8 and you get tea or coffee and maybe a picky at halftime. The Newcastle 5K Road Race takes place on Sunday, the 29th of January at 11am. Price is €12 plus booking fee or money raised goes towards the Newcastle National School. Get more details on the Newcastle 5K Road Race Facebook page. Now, due to the flooding and icy weather, once again, this week's Clonmel Park run has been cancelled. However, the Feathered Park run, I believe, is still going ahead. So there's no excuse you should head out to Feathered and keep the running going. Or walking. You can run or walk, of course, the course, if that makes sense. Surefest 2023 is coming to town, brought to you by Clonmel World Music. Four shows, two venues over two weekends. Now, it starts at Moynihan's Bar on Friday. That's next Friday, the 27th of January with Tim O'Brien. Also at Moynihan's on Thursday, the 2nd of February, you can see Donald Clancy with Slam there on Friday, the 3rd of Feb. And on Saturday, the 4th of February, from Chicago, USA, Special Consensus will be there. Tickets are available from www.clonmelworldmusic.com. If you're a fan of Lego, then you will love this because a Lego show is coming to the Talbot Hotel. It's called the Clonmel Brick Show. It's on Sunday, the 5th of March. There's two shows available to choose from, from 12pm to 2pm and 2pm to 4pm. There'll be vendors selling Lego. There'll be free speed build competitions, a free treasure hunt competition, lots of Lego to play with. Tickets are just €8 each from Eventbrite. And we'll be speaking to someone about this show on the podcast very soon. The Clonmel Podcast Job Spot. Jobs this week. What do we got? Nador Wellness Centre at the Butter Market are looking for a part-time acupuncturist to work Saturdays and some evenings. You can get more details by emailing Anne-Marie at this address. Info at nadorwellness.ie. That's info at nadorwellness.ie. That's N-A-D-U-R-wellness.ie. County Tipperary Skillnet out the Care Road Roundabout are hiring. They're looking for a network administrator. Get all the details on the County Tipperary Chamber social media pages. Curtains Garage are looking for a fully qualified mechanic. Get more details on their social media pages too. Rough to fluff groomers here in town are looking to hire a level five qualified dog groomer. Flexible hours are available. You can email your CV to Debbie underscore wall. That's W-A-L-L-L, three L's, at hotmail.com or drop your CV into them at 22 Thomas Street. Galileo Restaurant here in town are looking to hire the following staff, a chef de party and a full-time waiter. If interested, email your cover letter and CV too, and I'll spell out this email address, C-R-I-M-O-B-I-R-E-M at gmail.com. That's C-R-I-M-O-B-I-R-E-M at gmail.com. Sean O'Donoghue's Motor Factors over by the Wildey there are looking to hire a trainee Motor Factor Counter Assistant. You can email your CV to sod at sod.ie. The Junction Cafe are looking for experienced full-time waiting staff. Four days a week, no nights. You can drop your CV into the cafe or email junctioncafe18 at gmail.com. 
Dove Hill are looking for a sales assistant for their fashion and gift department. Email your CV to gsheridan at blarney.com by the 22nd of January. What's that, Sunday? And Halo Hair are looking for a qualified stylist and junior stylist with at least two years' experience. Email debbiehalohairclonmel at outlook.com. If you'd like to advertise a job on the Clonmel podcast, just email theclonmelpodcast at gmail.com. Now, time for this week's interview. And on a wet day where we had to jump into the car to do it, I spoke to Dervla Drummy at her favourite place in Clonmel, Marleyfield Lake. The Clonmel Podcast. Dervla Drummy, welcome to the Clonmel Podcast. Thank you, Mark. We're at your favourite place in Clonmel, even though due to the inclement weather we've had to jump into the car, it's Marleyfield Lake. That's right. L- love going to Marleyfield Lake. I'm a Marleyfield woman, you know. <laughs> through and through. <laughs> through and through, yes. <laughs> we'll get on to that in a few moments' time, but first let's talk about people like me. I know you've been touring last year. How's the show been going? Well, I have had a marvellous time. That's mm. all I can say. I did five shows, two of them in Clonmel, uh, one in Cluan uh, Training Centre and one in Raheen House. And I got great support from the people of Clanmel, for which I am really delighted, you know, so. How many more shows have you got to go? Um, now we're into the new year Yeah, here. so we've got, we've got, I've got three more. Um, yeah, I think there's, there's a Wexford one, which, you know, may, may be finished by the time this goes out. There's one in Thurless, though, which may be of interest to some people, on the 2nd of February. 2nd of That's February? That's Thursday. Perfect. Yeah. And Thurless yeah. only up the road, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, really? well, exactly, yeah. Anyone who missed it, hint, hint, up you go to Thurless, now get it in. And um, then there's one in Killa, County Waterford, on the 23rd of February. Okay, and, um, so again, two places that aren't too far yeah, away, really. Yeah, too far if you fancy it, yeah. And then that that will be it then. You have to hang up the boots on that and write something new after that, you know. Is that so, definitely it? Um... Unless someone makes me a very good offer <laughs> where, you know, they bring me in, wine me and dine me and tell me how great I am and then I might <laughs> like do it. Tell us about the show as well. What yeah. can people expect? Um, well, yeah, it's about seafood chowder. The, the official line I created for the marketing gurus is it's about seafood chowder, woolly jumpers and the price you pay for being yourself. <laughs> so I suppose I rant about seafood chowder, um, woolly jumpers and hairdressers. And then I kind of move on to talking about, I suppose, what happens if you're a bit too direct for your own good and the consequences that that can have. I say controversial things about the Waterford Greenway, which would probably be also relatable to people who walk on the Clonmel to Carrick Blue Way. So, yeah, in fact, it's, it's quite funny. I was down the Blue Way there only the other day. Yeah. Walking the parent's dog and I realised, oh my God, I'm on the wrong side. Yeah. there's arrows telling you yes. which way to walk. Oh, that is, a, that is a mortal sin. Never there in our day. No, no, people get, yeah, I won't give too much away, but yeah, it, the, pe- the reactions of people when they see it happening is what interests me, you know, so I talk about that. And even walking <laughs> down from Mulcahy Park there to the Blue Way, yeah. there was a guy, it took me a while to realise, he had the very weakest bicycle bell and he was ringing this bell. I didn't know what it was. I thought yeah. it was, what's that? Even the dog was looking. Yeah. And I didn't turn around. Then I realised after about five or six rings, it was a guy behind me oh. trying to go by on the <laughs> right. bike. Yeah. So well, that's, a, that's another mortal sin. If you don't <laughs> ring your bell, funny enough, yes, people get very... And that is a little bit, yeah, it can, it can come behind you and it can be a bit disconcerting, all right. But yeah, there's certain rules people get quite head up about and kind of fascinated by that. And usually, you discuss that during yeah, the show? Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things I discuss. And that's supposed to get a little bit more serious. And then at the end, I bang a drum and you'll find out why if you go so I got a I, I just got want to go for that to find out why you bang the drum exactly yeah <laughs> that's great suspense somehow so it's just funny 
musings about I seem to imagine I'm, I'm an endlessly fascinating topic of conversation so I just talk about myself for a whole hour but it, I as well as to be you know that's being flippant but I kind of would hope that people might relate to it it's up to an audience what they take from it but it's like supposed to give people maybe a feeling well gee do you know secretly admitting to things that they secretly thought but didn't say you know that they might feel that and they might think well there's nothing wrong with maybe speaking your mind after all or you know or they might think actually yeah I'm quite happy not to speak my mind if you don't mind you know it's up to them so they may draw other things from it it's up to them so for the Thurlis and Waterford gigs where can people get tickets from um yeah Thurlis from the Source Arts Centre website um and I suppose what you could do is keep an eye out on Eventbrite for the kill mm. one as, as a, a time going to press it's not up yet but it will be so you can type people wipe me into Eventbrite and it will come up I love so, the title yeah. people wipe me <laughs> yes it's because um, yeah you'd have to find out that as well it has multiple <laughs> meanings yeah <laughs> do you enjoy performing I have, stage. I have to confess I do I'm an awful notice mm. box you see mm. it's growing up in a family of, of five children where you had to fight for your slice of the attention pie you know how it is and you're growing up in the 80s parents didn't pay nearly as much attention to you as they do now oh I know so, yes I gather yeah. this comes up in the show does it as well no, but it's oh, just it like, it's, it's why it's that's why it's I mean, it is. I'd say really because <laughs> that's why I had to go up and stand on a stage for people to listen to me. You know, just, that's why. Yeah, it is. It is exciting. You know, and to see the reaction of the crowd and all that. I do hope I'll entertain people. I do hope they'll take something from it that it isn't just me kind of massaging my own ego. You know, that's the plan. Do you get nervous at all performing on stage? What about even your first time getting up? Surely you must have been. Um. Oh, I do, yeah, it'd be wrong if you had no nerves. Mm. It'd be a bad sign. I get excited kind of nerves. The mm. waiting is obviously a killer, you know. But it's it's exciting. And then when I'm, when I'm on, the adrenaline is flowing and there's excitement and I can feel the energy from the audience and that's amazing. And then hopefully give it back as well. This communication between me and the audience. It's just, it's thrilling. It's a high greater than any drug. You... Not that I'd really know about all the drugs now, but I believe it is. <laughs> so you mentioned the fact that you grew up with five five in the family, is that yeah, right? Yeah, so me and three sisters and a brother. Wow, so yeah. one brother. Just Yep, smack in the middle of us all. Blessed was he. We must explain that your father was the late, great Miristrami, the vet. That's right, yep. So Which was... many people in town would know. Yeah, people have gone back a certain period of time, yeah. I'm honoured that he was my father and that he was so well regarded in the town. Yeah, and a yeah. lovely man as well. Yeah, he was um, good to all his clients. He certainly was. Yeah. He was, if you think back now, very old school. Yeah, I suppose he was, yeah. You know? Yeah. Which I think we missed these days. This, this is material for your show. Look, <laughs> yeah. part two. Well, the people, I have to confess, the people would have interested me more than the animals. You know, I used to love talking to the clients and stuff. I, I loved answering the phone. And I'd go out and talk to the clients who were waiting in the car to be seen, whether they wanted to or not. Really? <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> so where, where was your father based at this stage? Across from uh, the Duns? Yeah, well, see, this is, this is the confusing part you could say in one way he was kind of he was working with his own father Liam when he qualified mm. and they were down there the house was across from the the, the Duns at Oakville mm. and you know had a metal door there was a door. big metal door I remember that that's yeah. right yeah so then but then he set up his a place you know well a surgery in our house so and he was there for years where was your house then at this stage um, well our house has always been at the start of Marlefield Road mm. just at the start you know just after the fork between mm. the Care Road and Marlefield Road so he was there for, for years, all through my growing up. And then he he um, opened Southview a year before he died. Southview Veterinary Clinic, which is still there as a veterinary clinic. Yeah, I remember him talking about the plans for Southview That's right. at the time as well. You yeah, because he went back to Oakville to do some of his clients down there while he was waiting for Southview to be done. That obviously took time. 
So, and he he got into it I'd say about a year, year and a half before he died. What was it like growing up in a vet? Yeah, it was it was interesting. Like you know, because I think it, it was the people that interested me more. I have to say the interaction with the people, mm. all the different t- variety of people that were coming in and watching how dad handled them all. You mm. know, because yeah, sometimes like he, he took you know he put no punches. Sometimes like if he didn't like something, he'd kind of say it. But overall, he was very kind to people. I'm constantly told stories about how he was kind to people when their animals needed to be put down he understood when a farmer might might need a little bit more time to pay he understood what life was like for farmers you know as, as well like these at the time they were farmers of the old school and all of a sudden they were being asked to fill out a ton of forms so you know he he understood about about all of that so he's very very dedicated to his work as was the only thing about that is you'd be in the car waiting to go off someplace nice oh you're joking phone would ring oh yeah. no way so that was deeply mentally scarring you know i'll have to do a whole play about that as well <laughs> Loads of material here, yeah. I think. It meant our house was always busy and I got used to people and stuff. I think that mm. was good because not only were there the five siblings, there was, let's say there was two dogs, there was lots of horses and there was always people coming in and out. There were people who worked for dad, having their tea in the kitchen and stuff, working the office down in a part of the house as well. So, Did you not work there yourself? I mean, I'm thinking maybe as a young a young person, maybe a Saturday kind of job. Uh, not not, not really. I suppose informally we, we always did. Mm. Yeah, I, I wasn't really much good at the helping out with operations. Some of the siblings did that, particularly my brother, you know, the strength that might be needed to hold an animal down. I tended to be strong on, on the answering of the phone and the answering of the door. <laughs> good telephone. They always, they always new. Yeah. Hello, drummies. <laughs> <laughs> and no aspirations maybe to go down that route? Oh, no. But my youngest sister did. Mm. Um, yeah. So she's a vet in Limerick. Right. Um, yeah. So that, that so she actually did. And I wasn't sure whether any of us would. I remember saying to dad once, I don't think any of us will follow in your footsteps. And he laughed, you know. But then she ended up doing it. And I was like, God, she's going to have no life now. But things are changing slowly for vets. I don't think vets are willing to let their lives be completely swallowed up by it anymore. There's a lot of women doing it now. Mm. The majority in the classes so it's, it's going to have to change there's still a lot of old school vets out there and it's not good because like to be honest about it, the suicide rate is high like you know it's really you know it can be lonely life mm. no glory in it particularly if you're working with farmers they don't really want you to come they resent having to come and get you and then the other side of the thing with the small animals they treat them you know they're, they're so much a part of the family it's high stakes with that as well you're having to deal with I suppose quite demanding clients that way so um yeah, so you can burn out of that. And there's more recognition of that with a lot more young, younger women coming through. But change takes time. Mm. But I know my sister isn't, wouldn't put up at the same level of, you know, she values her weekends off, you know. Mm. And did you ever get to go with your father when you had to go to places like farms? Oh, yeah. I'd wait in the car and he used to drive <laughs> extremely fast and I'd be travel sick. But we used to have a lovely time. He'd put on music and we'd dance around with the car to it, you know. And um, so like, I'd, I'd enjoy that aspect of us talking to him in the car and stuff. Yeah. And what was it like growing up around here in gorgeous Marlefield. I mean, you yeah. mentioned this is your favourite place here, the Marlefield Lake, well, and you've got St. Pr- Patrick's it's, it's Well. It's pretty, spe- pretty special to be so... Yeah, you probably don't really appreciate it until you're older. I think know. that's with everything, though, isn't it? Yeah, you, it is. You're like, oh, yeah. Clamell, you know, it's got somewhere, you know, more lights and stuff, you know, but, um, yeah, you, I, I think I did always appreciate it. Well, I think particularly St. Patrick's Well, which I know from your podcast that everybody says St. Patrick's Well, but it is really know, special. yeah. And then I was looking, It is, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It has something about it. It definitely does, whatever it is. And But even the lake is just, I mean, we're here yeah. now and I was, we're, we're, we're jumped in the into the car. But and the windows are fogged up. And, but. 
<laughs> I know. And, you know, I, I had this idea of there's lovely benches and tables and over there. I mean, yeah. Just the weather's just so, so bad. Yeah. But it's still a lovely part of town. Yeah, it is. Very it, special. You know? Yeah. And I was lucky enough to get married in Marlefield Church. Did you? Yes, I did. And we walked back from the church my husband and I my newly crowned husband and I we walked back from the church to, to my house that, so, I mean that's again yeah. that's a lovely beautiful in September through autumn leaves it was oh very very special God. Yeah. and of course you had to really didn't you yeah. you had to get married there yeah. if you're going to get married anywhere yeah. being from Marleyfield as that's well that's it yeah now to be able to open it up yeah and, and go go in it was a lovely little church yeah. I've never actually been inside the church I've yeah. always it's quite it's quite plain but it's simple but it's lovely like we sat in these two carved chairs absolutely out. gorgeous yeah and it has graveyard and all I love a good graveyard that's a whole <laughs> other story <laughs> Yeah, we 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 done the Halloween podcast around here, and yeah. we we done the walk and Patrick's well and the church mm. uh, as well. But it's just so fascinating, I, I think. And you know the families around and stuff, you know. So the O'Connell family who had the B and B, some of them played their instruments. Here comes the bride as I was walking back to the house. Oh, yeah, so oh my God. yeah, so that was that was pretty special too. So I mean, you know, yeah, and I'd have gone to school with girls growing up and yeah. Where like was that. school? Where did you go to school? Presentation, primary and secondary. Of course, pres girl yeah. through and through. <laughs> could walk down, walk home in the days before children were ferried. <laughs> That's right. I mean, yep. there you go again. It's yep. you know, you talk about that when when kids walked to school. Yeah, and walked home from school and walked home at lunchtime. Well, you know, I think it's great actually what they do now that the lunch is short because then you get out sooner. You know, but back then the lunch was an hour, so I'd walk home for the the lunch. And, and good, good good days at school in the prayers. Yep. My teachers were very patient with me. Who were your teachers? <laughs> I'd loads, I'd loads of teachers. I admit now, I mention one and people wipe me, and it mightn't be the most favourable mention, but it's not actually a reflection of how patient they were with me. Mm. I couldn't see very well, and I was very bad tempered, and I was a bit mm. of a handful. Mm. But um, they were all, they were all, they were by and large, they were very good to me. Mm. So yeah, they were, I don't know which, what frame of reference I was in primary school in the eighties and presentation secondary school in the nineties, and my teachers seemed to remember me with fondness when they see me. You know, Breed Acostigan in the secondary school and I did gymnastics with her. I'm just trying to think which teachers or listeners might know or which teachers do you, do you know in the pres that, you know, well, like, because there was loads of different ones. But good days. Yeah, yeah. And what was the plan at school? What did you hope to... I think to... I just always wanted to be a writer. I thought mm. I'd be a journalist first. I thought, well, that's the way I can earn my daily bread. But mm. being a writer and being a journalist, I discovered two different things. So I did the journalism for a while and it's still useful because now I sort of... I, I help people become better writers and one of the way I do it is to help them mm. be more concise which is what journalism taught me so I suppose for bread and butter I do various things connected with that under the name write words you know like I'd mm. help somebody with, with structuring their book I do various creative writing workshops at different groups I help entrepreneurs with their writing you know because they have to do write content for their businesses you know try and get their customers to buy off them in a nice way you can mm. tell a nice story and it doesn't sound too salesy. That's what you'd be trying to aim to do. But yeah, so anything to do with writing, I just can't seem to do anything else. So <laughs> it's just words, 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 it's, words. It's, it's, but that's, that's good though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's how you earn your living, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. You know? Yeah. yeah. And what about books? I know you had a book published before. Yeah, so I had a book called The Pink Cage published again. Great support from the people of Clamel. It was it was a while ago now, I appreciate Um and it was launched in um, Clamel Library and lots of lovely Clamel people came to it, which again, I'm very grateful for. And people bought it, I suppose. Did you do a signing? Yeah, I did. Oh, I did a signing in Easton's actually. Did you? What was that like? Lo- they gave me a lovely tablecloth and all. <laughs> now, I suppose 
I don't want to go into too much of the difficulties of publishing. I wouldn't like to put people off who want to publish. Mm. I suppose there were problems with how many books there were and people getting it and stuff like that. And and Eason's ended up running out of their copies after 45 minutes, which makes me sound like a pop star. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it does. And then, yeah, I did a signing in the book centre and I did a reading. So there was aspects of it that were were thrilling, in fairness. And it kind of helped me to get lots of work as a creative writing tutor. So from that point of view, I'm grateful. But I suppose what I realised is that there are other ways of getting your writing out. So I started to move towards more towards performance writing after that, almost without knowing it, which is mm. often the best way to mm. do things. There was a thing down Bon Mahan called Words, um, Creative yeah, words, and it was literally yeah, a spoken word event, and you could read anything or maybe sing something. Or you didn't have to read your own work, you know, or you could come and listen. And I started writing. I didn't think much of it in a way, like humorous pieces for that. They've all ended up in people wipe me. It just kind of crept oh up on me God, over time. We go. We're back to the show again. It's, people Everything just, is people just have show. to go and see <laughs> this show. It's simple as that. What's the structure in writing a book? In a sense that do you have to? And I've said this before to people. Do you have to just go to a place, find solace? and not talk to anyone for a week and and, and, and yeah, write. Do you know, if I were a proper artist, that's what I'd be doing. Mm. I know it is how a lot of people do it. I can't do it like that. Mm. I could go to a noisy place where I'm playing noisy music or that, and I write more in short bursts. And I don't necessarily want to be stuck writing all the time, which is why I do the other stuff as well. A bit of variety there. Yeah, there's no rules. Different mm. things work. Some people will write in a cafe. Some people book a co-working space. Some people... The only time they may get to write is when they're waiting for their... Although I talked about that, I thought it might be a handy time for people to write. You know, they're waiting for their kids to come out or something. Mm. But then the mammies, I know, tell me they use it to do their, their shopping. So I don't mm. know. But yet I do think there's potential. Those few minutes, that's all you'd need. The few minutes while you're waiting, you'd have the notebook and you just get it out. And would you, you get inspiration from anything now? Um, well, I think... It's oddly enough, I don't necessarily get inspiration from walking around Marleyfield Lake, which you would think, you know, that's what you'd... Or from... I don't seem to... I I don't seem to stumble upon... Yeah, I get it from cafes and restaurants. Yeah, supermarkets, cafes, restaurants, buildings more so, Mm. where conversations with people are happening. And then sometimes I'll just be fascinated by a theme or something. Right. And then I just kind of... That I read character that kind of matches the theme. Or I just find myself thinking about... We just find myself thinking about something the whole time. So say for people like me... I just found myself thinking the whole time about how people are always make far too much of a fuss about seafood chowder. And I knew it was a ridiculous thing to be thinking about, was to make a fuss about it. And I kind of saw the ridiculousness of it and then ended up writing about it. That's are you, kind of are you a happened. fan of it? I don't mind it. It's just that I think people get... People just get make too much of a fuss about it. So I kind of riff about that, really. It was it's like fu- a thing back in the 80s. It was the prawn cocktail. Yeah, and apparently the prawn cocktail is coming back. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ever dies. And I'm personally waiting for the lemon souffle to come back. I have a whole rant as well about desserts not being lemony enough, you know, so. Well, funny you say that. I was having a chat with someone there recently and remember the Viennetta? Oh, yes. That, that came up in conversation. And it was, it was quite funny because you knew that somebody was coming to Sunday lunch if your mother brought out the Viennetta. Yeah. And you weren't allowed to have any oh. until they until they had some. Oh, no. Or before that, I think it was the Arctic Roll or something. There, yeah. These, these variations. And then after that, there was Romantica. Romantica. Oh, when my mother said there was, oh, we just used to be. And then I didn't like the chocolate part, so my sister's <laughs> brother would fight. For, yeah, they would want to be the first one to say, can I have your chocolate, Gerbala? <laughs> <It's like, laughs> yeah. Okay, so surely it can't be all writing. Um, what about downtime? What do you like to do? Well, um, I like... You're going to tell me it is all writing, aren't you? Like kind of, it's a bit tragic, yeah, it's kind of gone like that. I like socialising, reading, mm. going to the theatre, mm. uh, wa- um, walking on the beach, and then once a year I go skiing. 
Really? So, yeah. It's tough on the old so, knees, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. I, I, I do just enough to um, yeah, to yeah. feel not bad about apres skiing. How did you get into skiing? Well, see, because I don't see very well, I found yeah. out of a trip for people who don't see very well. In fact, most of them can see worse than me, in fairness, and are actually better skiers than me, but we won't dwell on that. Yeah. So it was a trip, and I got a place on it, and I have to admit, it kind of changed my life. Just the yeah. confidence it gave me. So that was the inspiration for the Pink Cage, the novel then, you know, and that is another thing that I would write about how people deal with disability and stuff because mm. I think it's kind of not dealt about with enough in a sort of down-to-earth, ordinary kind of way. It all tends to be a bit worthy and stuff. Right, so yeah, I kind of wanted yeah. to change that. And yeah. I'm still interested in that. And I do mention it. It kind of does end up coming into everything I write, even if I don't intend it to, because mm. I just want to get... The, the message out well actually I want to get the message out but at the same time I don't want to be too messagey right it's, yeah cause I understand the story is the most important thing yeah and whatever people might because you have to that's another thing you have to bear in mind is that people will take from whatever you write or perform what they want to take out of it not what you hope they'll take out of it you have to let go of that idea and that's what I like about performing because the minute the minute I say the words they're gone and I just know they belong to other people then however pretentious that might sound that is what happens so and there is so much material out there isn't there yeah there is this I mean you mentioned ski- rich world you mentioned skiing there yeah I mean you know it's expensive if you buy your ski wear unless Every year, Aldi have it now. And little. Oh, yeah. We're all, all of Ireland is skiing. Oh, was was it Tommy Tiernan of a funny raff, riff about that? Oh, they're on their Aldi ski gear and it's all melting off them as they're going down the slopes. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you might as well, like, for the amount of time you're going to skiing. And where'd you go skiing? Um, Austria. Oh, beautiful. So, yeah, so I went to Bavaria first. Interestingly enough, the ski trip that I go on was a British Army ski trip, you know. Oh, okay. So um and so they used to have a base in Bavaria, we used to go there and then um we found out about another place in Austria that was actually better better range of slopes and so I we go off there and I'm actually as of this podcast, I'm going off there in seven weeks. I was about so, to ask, have you yeah. got a ski trip planned? Yeah, <laughs> so that's why it's in my head. So. And have you gone to Aldi to get your ski wear? Um, I got, yeah, I got a trousers. <laughs> Hope might accommodate my, my growing belly. <laughs> oh, do you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure, and I've thoroughly enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget, people wipe me. Thurlis on the... 2nd of February at 8 o'clock in the source. And Waterford in Kill. On the 23rd of February, also a Thursday... At 8 o'clock in Gallic Gurham Theatre in Kill, County Waterford. Fantastic. Any more um, planned gigs in town, maybe? Um, who, who, who knows? I might appear in another form. I need to write something else now. Can't rest in my laurels with that one now. Derpa Jami, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you very much, Mark. The Clonmel Podcast. Thank you, Dervler. And the bizarre thing was, the minute we finished recording, yes, you guessed it, the sun came out. Murphy's Law, of course. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email theclonmailpodcast at gmail.com, especially, or if you are living abroad, you could feature on our Wild Geese segment. Get in touch, theclonmailpodcast at gmail.com. Just let me know where you are in the world. You'll also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and, of course, on the website, www.theclonmailpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a safe week. Look after one another, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.